Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I play disc golf, as many of you know. It's kind of like ball golf, except you use what some people call frisbees, and you throw them into baskets rather than rolling the ball into a hole. Uh, I'm also pretty competitive as a person, and so playing in disc golf tournaments kind of kills two birds with one stone for me, not to offend those bird lovers out there. (laughs) I, I was playing in a tournament, in fact, this last weekend, and after it was finished, I saw a post on social media from a lady that had had played in the same tournament as I had. And and this is what she said. She said, had an awesome time playing with Tori this weekend at the Crossing the Bridge tournament. More of you ladies need to come out and toss. There were just two of us in the rec league. We were on a mixed card both days because of the numbers and played with two great dudes on Saturday and had a lot of fun. Then one man today who began the round by saying, I kid you not, quote, I played so bad yesterday, they put me with the girls, unquote. Cheers to the bystanders who immediately let him know that was unacceptable. It made the entire round a little gritty, but I love the support we ladies are seeing most of the time out there. (laughs) Now, You may have a couple of questions about this. And in fact, someone did. In fact, someone actually responded to that post by saying, was he kidding? Can't folks kid anymore? Sometimes people are a little too sensitive. Of course, that came back with another response from the actual original poster. And she said to that, as the person he was directing the comment to, it was clear he was trying to be funny. Okay, let me repeat that for you. As the person he was directing the comment to, it was clear, it was clear he was trying to be funny. While self-deprecating humor has its place, he very much insinuated in a negative and archaic way that he throws like a girl. He should be so lucky. We were all so shocked that he felt comfortable joking like that, completely dumbstruck that anyone would want to open with a joke like that. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt, offering him the opportunity to start fresh. But no apology given. We played on because no one wants to start a round in a cloud of drama And the other woman on the card and I were good sports, complimenting solid drives and putts like we would anyone on our card. But the entire round, we both knew it didn't feel right. It felt gross celebrating my closest to the pins over his. It felt gross to hope he lost discs in the river or get hit in the ankle by a rogue roller. I don't want to play this awesome sport and have those thoughts. I don't want to play trying to smite people on my card. So while I and the bystanders put him in his place, it made the entire day a little cringe.
And there you go. So she, she also complimented or commented, quote, I do want to say who, uh, I, I, I do want to say who it was, but Tori and I are two folks that don't allow this kind of thing. We know how to use words sharply. We know our worth and have the confidence to talk back. We also recognize that there are women who aren't as outspoken as us, though. So that's the real reason I posted. It doesn't matter if two ladies happen to revel in the chance to put someone in their place. If there is even a single woman out there who doesn't feel safe and appreciated. Okay, so let's review. She knows it's self-deprecating humor, that it was a self-deprecating joke. She knows this, okay? She said so right off the bat. She takes offense to the joke. Okay, it's a joke, and she takes offense to it. She gangs up with, uh, with another player and other bystanders to, quote, use sharp words against this guy. She harbors ill will toward him and hopes he loses his discs and gets hit by one. She talks about him with others during and after the tournament behind his back. She later posts about her offense on social media and gives permission to repost it on other pages. And she does all this so to encourage others to be offended and to say sharp words to others as well. This is the type of thing that we're seeing more and more all the time. Now, my wife is a part of a, of a Facebook group called Crap Wildlife Photography. <laughs> it, it, is, it is kind of a funny page. And it is a group that posts pictures of, of wildlife that didn't go exactly as planned. <laughs> Maybe it will be only an elk, um, you know, an elk behind, let's say, instead of the whole elk, or a blur that was supposed to be a squirrel or something like that, right? The other day, someone posted a picture, uh, and it was of a bird taking off into flight from some trees. But instead of something really majestic, the picture only really shows one wing with feathers spread and a, and a couple of legs below it. <laughs> it's really kind of funny. And the woman posting the picture put this as its caption. She said, quote, believe it or not, this is a rainbow lorikeet, not a small Native American Indian chief dancing in the treetops, unquote. Well, <laughs> this is a response that someone left, that, that they, they left and they felt compelled to, to actually comment on. Here, here's, what it, here's what they said. Quote, I know people are joking, but there are indigenous people who are on this page. I'm one of them. And I, I got an instant stomach ache when reading the comments. And I know people will be mad that I spoke up, but stuff like this makes you feel uncomfortable. Just saying, unquote. This, this kind of reminds me of a situation in Oregon just a few years ago. The Oregon State Legislature passed a, a bill that made it so that school mascots could not be something offensive to anyone, basically. Any school with a mascot that was offensive to anyone had to change it 
and destroy any offensive images of it. This was to show how woke the state legislature and liberals were and gain, of course, favor with other liberals, right? But there is a, there's a small community in Oregon, and it's, it's called Siletz, Oregon. It's, it's roughly about 90% Native American in population, I think. Uh, the high school's mascot there is, um, it, it's, it's actually, predictably, the Warriors. <laughs> the, the image that they have um, for the Warriors is, is a picture of a Native uh, American warrior chief in, in full headdress. Well, they were proud of this and, and had it as their, their mascot for years. And they, they even had it painted in the center circle of the gymnasium basketball court. Well, when the law first passed and was signed by the Democratic governor, it upset many of the small community. Their mascot was one of many that had been flagged for removal, but they, they were given a date by which they had to have all the symbols of, of the mascot removed, including the chief in the center court. As a, as a, as a small sign of protest, though, they, they, they did not totally remove it from the basketball floor. They just painted over the picture and left it there under the paint. They said that he was still there. You, you just couldn't see him. <laughs> so, so because liberal politicians thought that they could score political points with people that, that have become easily offended, they created laws that harmed the very people they prescribed to help. Now, in an article by John Hawkins, who, who writes for Town Hall, uh, back in August of 2016, he's, he wrote this. He says, in a social media-driven world, everyone is a brand. When everyone comes to a, becomes a brand, virtue signaling is destined to become an epidemic. When you're a liberal, the, the best way to show how much more virtuous you are than other people is to become offended. The more trivial the issue you are offended by, the more caring, enlightened, and yes, virtuous you appear to other liberals. Moreover, if you think white privilege, racism, and rape culture are, are running rampant, you'll want to find ways to distinguish yourself from the masses, whom you view as cavemen. <laughs> Liberals are so wise, so noble, so unlike all you racists out there that they're offended by things that no one else would even think about. For example... Number one, the color of the park ranger uniforms. <laughs> Apparently, we need to change the color of park ranger uniforms because it might frighten illegal aliens entering the parks illegally or something. Quote, the park rangers have off offended someone, but not just anyone or any single individual. It seems the park rangers have offended and are said to be scaring an entire race of people. Yes, after 100 years of park ranger uniforms not offending anyone, it seems now the Latino community has a palatable fear of them. <laughs> we know this because the, design, the designed representative of the entire Latino community just said that. Wait, Mari 
Ars is not a duly elected, rightfully chosen representative of all Latinos everywhere? No, apparently not. She does, however, speak for a radical leftist group, the Hispanic Access Foundation, or HAF, who promote the causes of illegal aliens, but only Latinos. If you're a Norwegian illegal, she doesn't really care. Now that now what could possibly be her and her group's beef? Well, it seems to be park ranger uniforms <laughs> too closely resemble those of the border patrol and ICE agents. Uh, oh, the horror, right? Or how about this example? Um, and, th- and this this goes back to uh, obviously 2016, but the vote Trump was written in chalk on the sidewalks of college campuses. We've now reached the point where liberal students have become so sheltered that merely seeing support for a candidate that they don't like sends them into a tizzy. Just hours before four bombs ripped apart two transport systems in Europe, Emory students were dealing with their own supposed terror situation. Sometime on the, uh, on the, in the middle of the night, someone had the audacity to scribble Trump 2016 and vote Trump and Trump with three exclamation marks <laughs> with writing utensil preferred by toddlers. <laughs> the erasable chalk around the campus with a, a, a simple political message was all it took for these easily offended people to completely lose it, suffering emotional unrest that officials were forced to deal with. The campus publication, the Emory Wheel, actually took this chalk situation seriously, seemingly siding with the crybaby college students who demanded to know how someone could rape their safe space with a candidate's last name. Rather than walking over the words or simply wiping away the words instead of, you know, with their tears, right? 40 students band together to protest this sidewalk terrorism inside the administration building. Quote, I'm supposed to feel comfortable and safe here, one female student said. But this man is being supported by students on our campus, and our administration shows that they, by their silence, support it as well. I don't deserve to feel afraid at my school, unquote. (laughs) How about this example? Calling America a land of opportunity. Wow, right? The University of California sent a handout to uh, facility uh, members recently uh, that includes the list of offensive statements. According to the handout, America is the land of opportunity will be banned from campus. The University of California faculty leader training handout instructed professors not to say that America is the land of opportunity because it's a racist, sexist microaggression. According to the handout called Tool, (laughs) recognizing microaggressions and the messages they send, the statement asserts that race and gender do not play a role in life's successes, despite the fact 
that saying opportunities exist and saying that opportunities are more easily attainable for some people than others are not mutually exclusive assertions. Other microaggressions, here's here's a good one listed on the document, including asking, where do you where are you from and where were you born? Because it suggests that the person you're asking is not a true American. Asking a postdoctoral minority student where he or she is, whether or not he or she is lost in the halls of a chemistry building, because it makes the assumption that the person is trying to break into one of the labs. And having students fill out forms on which they have to check a box indicating whether they're male or female. The school has now banned the phrase, America is the land of opportunity. Here's another one. Using the word wife. <laughs> yes, wife. A document provided um, to Breitbart News shows the investment banking um, behemoth, J.P. Morgan Chase, has joined a long line of major corporations in putting pressure on employees to sign up for the cause of gay rights. And they have not so subtly let each employee know not signing up will be noted. Employees are being told, quote, to help create an environment for open and honest dialogue, unquote. The document notes descriptors such as wife and boyfriend are frowned upon and partner is preferred. Not referring to your wife as your wife offers up the opportunity for more inclusive conversations. Yeah, I'll leave that one there. Number five, the word man being too much for students at Princeton. The, the Princeton University uh, HR department has largely wiped the word man from its vocabulary. Instead of using man, employees are told to use words such as human beings and individuals or people. The memo goes on to list a variety of occupations that typically include the word man in them and offers replacements like uh, business person instead of businessman or firefighter instead of fireman or ancestors instead of forefathers and so on. Number six, applying the word childless to women without children. The Sex and the City star who has been married three times uh, said she finds the term childless offensive. Miss Kim Cartrall, uh, who's 59, believes that although she is not a biological mother, she is still a parent because of the role that she plays in the lives of young actors, actresses, and her nieces and nephews. The actress told the show how she dislikes the term childless. She said it's the less that is offensive childless. It sounds like you're less because you haven't had a child. Right, let's uh, let's give you one more here. <clears throat> the name Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H, that's the last name of people. Um, well, that can be offensive. Students are demanding that, among other things, Lebanon Valley College administrators remove or modify the name of Lynch Memorial Hall not because the man it was named after was a racist, but because these students cannot handle the word lynch. Lynch, of course, is a term that means to put to death, as by hanging, 
by mob action without legal sanction. The hall was named after Clyde A. Lynch, who served as president of the college during the Great Depression and raised more than half a million dollars for the physical education building that bears his name. Now, to sum some of this up, I I refer to an article written by Eric Torrance. He he writes for the thindifference.com. He said, why do many of us watch, follow, seek out, or otherwise pursue things that offend us? I have a theory. Sometimes being offended feels kind of good. Maybe getting offended isn't all that different from the adrenaline rush a scary movie produces. Finding something offensive can also be a nice boost to the ego. At least I'm not as ignorant as they are. And when something is offensive, it's always fun to find someone else who is offended by the same thing and and commiserate about it. Can you believe that they said that? Who on earth do they think they are? On the surface, we're frustrated by something that we've heard, seen, or read. But deep down, it can kind of sometimes be fun. If you don't believe me, all you have to do is look at who is getting paid the big bucks. Media corporations are laying off beat reporters while paying millions to pundits, shock jocks, and personalities. No wonder it feels like we live in a culture on edge and where someone seems to have a short fuse. There are lots of opinions to be read, lots of outrage to feel, and some deep part of us that kind of likes it. It's almost like we're, we're hoping to be offended. Hoping to be offended is indeed a, a paradox. This mindset is not hopeful at all. <laughs> and it is incredibly prob- problematic and dangerous. It makes us cynical. It leads us, it, le- it leads to an us versus them mentality where we group up based on what offends us instead of venting out to uh, to work out problems um, and, and venturing out to work out disagreements and and to uh, you know work out misunderstandings in a meaningful way. Cynicism and drawing battle lines might produce great ratings and and large group of followers, but it hardly ever produces change. Now, to be clear, there are things that should offend us and are offensive. I'm not saying we should never be offended. Racism, sexism, abuse, abuse of power, injustice, and greed should frustrate us. Encountering these offensive people, ideas, and situations aren't fun. It should break our hearts. Living in a broken world means we will encounter things that offend us. However, there is a difference between encountering offensive ideas and hoping to be offended. Hoping to be offended means we're looking for an excuse to strike out at someone. It means we can't wait to have the chance to put someone in their place. It means instead of seeking out more understanding or or information, we're rushing to a into attack mode. The 
an, an example of this comes from uh, a, a town hall article, uh, townhall.com. And it says, an, an attractive young white high school student named uh, Keza Dom wore an Asian-themed dress to her prom and tweeted out a picture of it. So what, right? Except a young liberal tweeted, quote, my culture is not your GD prom dress, unquote. That tweet received 179,000 likes and led to both tweets going viral and happily as, 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 as spawned an almost unlimited number of memes making fun of the ultra-sensitive liberal. These stories are just a drop in the bucket. Liberals are perpetually offended by just about everything. And, and why? Because liberals have decided that being offended trumps logic. Fact and other, other argument that anyone can make. If you were up, if it were up to liberals, we would not have free speech because too many people say things that contradict liberal ideas. So they may not be able to put you in jail for believing what you can't change um, or believing that you, uh, let, let's say you can't change genders or that that it's it's not smart to send gay uh, men who who may be sexually interested in teenagers out into the woods with them overnight as as scoutmasters, but they can use a variety of different tactics to silence you. Outrage is one of those tactics, because again, according to liberals, the second someone is outraged, the debate is over and they've won. Of course, that that only applies to liberals. If if conservatives are offended by something, well, <laughs> that doesn't count. Of course, liberals love to use whatever they're outraged uh, by today as an, and as an excuse for government action or to gin up their base. But at the most fundamental level, liberal outrage is all about shutting up someone who doesn't agree with liberals. That's the ultimate form of censorship. When you're so scared that you might offend a liberal, that you censor yourself? Well, when you don't when you, when you don't wear the the prom dress that you want to wear for instance. Uh, when 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 you don't make the joke, you don't say anything that might make a liberal angry because you don't want to deal with the formal charges or the 1000 or 5000 outraged liberals on Twitter that that feel justified in calling you the worst names that that you've ever heard or because you know, their, their widow feelings are hurt. You can give in to their bullying if, if you like, but, but down the road lies a, a new liberal version of totalitarianism where the bad guys win, not because they deserve to win or because they have guns pointed at your head, but because people are too afraid to speak the truth. For your sake, for the sake of your kids, and for the sake of your country, don't let liberal outrage determine what you can and cannot say. There, there is such thing as tact. There is. But 
That is not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is people that are purposefully offended because they don't have a valid argument. They don't have any common sense. They are, they are not intelligent enough to understand something or, or they just want their ego stroked as, as enlightened, woke individuals. Let's avoid having credibility and, and or giving credibility to, to these kinds of people that just wake up in the mornings and look for things to be offended by. Let's, let's stop doing that. We are so too easily offended in this society. And if we give in to this kind of thing, we are only perpetuating that scenario. And, and you may agree with me on this. You may not agree with me on this at all. And, and, and maybe I may have even offended you by it. <laughs> I would love, love to talk with you about it. Let's not shut down the, the, the conversation. Let's, let's have a conversation. And let's talk about this kind of thing. And you can do that on Facebook. You can do that um, on Instagram. You can do that on MeWe. There's different social media platforms. I would love for you to go there and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you know, give us a like. It, it always helps us when you do that. And we appreciate it very much. Or, of course, you can always go to UncommonSensePodcast.com where you can uh, obviously get some um, merchandise. And that helps us out. Uh, you can listen to older podcasts and archive podcasts. But again, go to UncommonSensePodcast.com and, and, and help us out uh, there as well. And again, thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.